Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I am your host, Aaron Osborne. This week, my guest is my good friend, Peter Bordy. Uh, Pete used to sing for a band called No Apologies from Sydney and currently sings in a band called Level from Adelaide. Um, Pete and I have known one another for quite a few years now. I met Pete through playing in I Exist and playing hardcore shows and playing with No Apologies, his old band. Um, And he's a great dude. He's someone who's been around for a long time and been playing in bands and working with bands and working with record labels and things like that um, in and around the hardcore music scene. And um, he's someone who I find to be a very interesting person and very passionate about uh, the music that he plays and the music that he likes, um, the friends that he has, and as well, you know, uh, the commitment he's chosen to being straight edge and, um, you know, the life that he's leading now with uh, a family in Adelaide. And I thought it would be really cool to get him on to have a chat about, you know, how he sort of grew up in the area of Sydney that he grew up in and how that shaped the adult he would become and how as well the music that he listened to sort of changed the direction maybe that he was going in and has led him down the path that he is going down now. Um, To that as well, Level have um, a 7-inch coming out soon on Resist Records. Um, So go to resistrecords.com or go to Level's Facebook page to check that out. Um, That should have gone up today the announcement about that. Hopefully I've timed this very well. If not, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, this was really fun. Um, I went over to Adelaide and played a show with Outright um, and Level, Pete's band played. And after the show finished, we went and sat in a park leaning against the wall of a public toilet <laughs> and <laughs> recorded this. Uh, under the sun, I had a couple beers. He had a ginger beer. It was very nice. Um, did I just say under the sun? It was definitely nighttime. It was under the moonlight, so even more uh, emotional and enthralling. Um, but yeah, it was a good chat. So apologies if there's any uh, outside sounds, because we were sitting outdoors in a park. Um, but we'll see how we go. Maybe if this sounds okay, I'll do some more outside or leaning against public toilets. I don't know. Probably not. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is Oblivious Maximus, episode 46, with Peter Body from Level. Enjoy it, listen to it, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, get all the updates. Fucking brutal! Pete, thank you for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's the first podcast in a public park. <laughs> We're in Adelaide, Hang sitting on. next to a toilet. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. One's a ginger beer, everyone, for all the <laughs> listeners out there. Still straight edge. Good job, Pete. I actually... Okay, tell me. Let's, let's start off that way. Okay. So, when did music become an interest you uh through surfing videos i think yeah right um back then there was this uh a bunch of movies that came out called momentum the guy taylor Steele, 
still makes movies now but god knows what music he puts on them <laughs> garbage stuff I you think. don't yeah need i don't to listen to. i don't listen but they were insane like still today they're the best soundtracks ever pennywise no effects good riddance descendants yeah it was just all the hits and um i think i just heard that and was like what's this and it was sick and all my little surfer friends we all loved it and pennywise toured and it was insane <laughs> it was like the best thing ever and blink will like open the shows then blink open body jar after them and then pennywise and then before pennywise played they filmed the new movie that was about to come out it was so sick it yeah, was right. really cool and so what year would that have been God. This is so showing this is, your age. <laughs> well, you know what? Before I did this, I actually went and looked through some things. Yep. So yep. hold up. You got some facts. Nah, well, I worked out the first hardcore show I saw was Toe to Toe, and that was in 96. Mm. So I was 14. So this was before that. So I'm saying it would have been 95. Yeah. Yeah, 95, I reckon. They played at the Roundhouse in Sydney, and it was... Like me that. and all my friends were like just trying to fight everyone and you know like <laughs> making the circle pit go the wrong way and it was just, so cool just though. being general yeah general and i remember giggers. like me and my friends like stole all my parents liquor and poured <laughs> each bottle of whatever it was my parents have in their house which is probably still there because they don't drink liquor <laughs> we poured a little bit into this water bottle yeah like thinking, oh, that'll be taste good. Imagine what that tasted like. And when none of us could even drink it, like, yeah. so that was our, yeah, we'll get drunk. I was like, nah, we're not getting drunk. We're just going to burn our throats and almost die. <laughs> it was pretty much like drinking cleaning disinfectant or something. Yeah. And what was, a, what was like, I mean, obviously, you know, I've spoken to a couple of people from, who sort of grown up in similar circumstances, with, you know, near the beach and stuff like that. A lot of people had surfing videos and skate videos as you know like a huge entryway mm. to music was that part of like the culture of the friends you had and stuff yeah. as well well we all actually listened to that kind of music at that age yeah it was all and we'd go skating and you know we'd go surfing but for me it was seeing toe to toe yeah and the same friends i've got the vhs of it it's insane like there's this on the front steps of Maruba Beach, like right on the ocean, they played. Yeah. Friends will play too. And there was this circle pit just the whole time. Just everyone ran in a circle. <laughs> and me and my friends who were 14 are in this circle pit. And like, it was pretty psycho. Like dudes were getting, but because we were local kids, no one touched us. Yeah. But as stupid as it sounds, all the older guys were just beating like people that they didn't know which was a lot of people because obviously toe to toe were from newtown yeah or and cronulla and all those guys were there i'm surprised there wasn't a huge fight actually the way people were doing dumb stuff actually there was one fight but <laughs> i'm surprised like how dumb like, oh you're not from here we're gonna fight you like that but was that i mean you know tell me what you want to tell me but w was that a big part of growing up in that part of sydney not really um I think everyone thinks the Bra Boys is something that it's not really. Yeah. Um, there was heaps of things going on, but I still look back on it as in it was, put it this way, what happened at Cronulla and the ongoing events that led to that day would never happen at Maroubra. Yeah. Because if a bunch of people from out west came to Maroubra and acted badly, mm. they'd get put in place straight away. Yeah. Whereas for years those guys went to Cronulla, 
did dumb shit and no one pulled them up on it. So then one day they were like, let's stand up for ourselves. It's like, how about you stand up for yourselves when it happens? Because, see, the whole debate was ridiculous. Like, all Muslims know some kids went to your beach and acted bad. They should have been... You know, I think the week before they bashed, like, a lifeguard or something. Right. That's what caused all that. So instead of catching the guys that did that... Mm. They took it out on everybody else. You know, I know violence eye for an eye and all that yeah but as dumb as it sounds if the guys that did that got you know dealt with dealt with then and there that's the end of it you know mm. and I'm stoked that I was from Ruba because <clears throat> when we were young that's what happened Any everyone was welcome there but if you did something dumb or you know acted <laughs> you know if you wanted to start a fight with someone you oh, it's it's real hard because it does sound like no, but Stupid. It, it, it's it's inter- it's interesting for me mm. because not because of what it is, but because that is you know a huge part of you know your life really yeah. because you grew up in I'm in that s- environment. Whereas yeah. my you know the environment mm. I grew up in was totally different yeah. to that. You know, I'm very proud to say that you know I'm from Maruba because of the way I don't know there's good and bad in everyone you know mm. and I'm not best of friends with everyone there but the friend you know our mind group of friends I grew up with you know where as corny as it sounds you're more than just friends I guess through some of the stuff that we sort of went through together but I don't know I think a lot of it gets maybe a bit blown out but there was some crap I've, I've probably seen a lot of stuff yeah. <laughs> definitely at the age like that people had you know like people getting stabbed and shot at and crazy stuff and but I think it opened my eyes to a lot of stuff too like my wife we even had this discussion the other day and she says that I'm uh how'd she put it like I, I won't let anyone treat me inappropriately or you know put shit on me to the point where I'm too aggressive mm. back straight away and I've obviously curbed that since having a child and stuff but I think that's a good way to be. You should be proud of who you are and stuff and not let people push you around, you know, and no matter who they are as well, really. Yeah. And I remember toe-to-toe had this thing and I almost got it tattooed on me, like, the best defense is attack. Mm. And I maybe lived my life a little bit too much <laughs> like that, but I think it's cool to be like, you know, it's not staunch, but just not let people push you around, really. You should be proud of who you are. and Yeah. But and I think and I think that's that's probably something as well. I don't know if it was like that for you, but that's something that made me feel really good about when I started playing in a hardcore band. Was that because before that I was in metal bands and stuff, and I came from a totally different realm than most people I'm friends with who came from punk and things mm. like that. But like the area that I came from was one of like you know and it's obviously it is it does exist in hardcore as well but like in metal at least when i was involved with it more heavily it was very like judgmental and it was very if you weren't this band you couldn't do this or that and then but the hardcore scene that i got involved with with the friends that i have was like we just want to have fun they were totally accepting of me being a big fucking fat bloke with long hair like they were like oh this guy's cool not like they weren't judging me for yeah. being like that it was yeah. just like oh 
you know, that, that, that was fine. And I, it felt good being able to, I don't know, not like not feel like I needed to be something else. Like yeah. be, well, that's what hardcore should be really. Yeah. I, mine was a bit different cause I grew up around a bit of a crazy stuff going on in my area. Yeah. And then I went a little few suburbs west to where hardcore shows were and it was even crazier. Yeah. Like, dude, Sydney back then was fucking insane. Like, <laughs> dude, I've seen Scott beat people while his band's playing. One <laughs> night, there was an all-in brawl with the bouncers at the, when they opened for Dropkick Murphys. Yeah. Like, hardcore in Sydney was quite rough. I remember... I was, again, very young, though, so maybe that's why I, I picture it being crazier, but it was pretty crazy. Like, mm. And there were some characters involved in that, like, almost to the extent of, like, you know, the, the New York hardcore stories you hear about all the crazy... Sydney kind of had crazies like that. Like, they just turn up out of nowhere and fucking... I don't know. Like, I was pretty scared at some of those first few shows, for sure. Yeah. And, and what was it like then, you know, moving... Once you started getting into that more inner area yeah. and getting into the shows and stuff in there what did that like was that something that fueled you to be a part of it or was it yeah. like did or was that always there well always i think i, I was lucky because my one of my best friends ricky he's from maroubra but yeah. he's older than you know he's shit he's he's like almost 10 years older than me so mm-hmm. i always used to see him had this crazy circle jerks drawing on his surfboard i was like fuck that guy's so cool and he had he's had tattoos forever like before people had tattoos and then through his ex-girlfriend's brother that's how we started that restraint band Mm. so i was lucky because i was in a band with him i was in the inner circle you know straight away yeah right I was like a fucking 16 year old kid going out in Newtown every weekend and like drinking and fighting and you know Sydney hardcore you know what I mean like yeah so I was kind of like I had a bit of a cheat really I was just straight in there yeah but from seeing it was weird like back now I I, who knows what like Restraint was a band forever and we really didn't do anything like it was just so different you know Mm. um I and I've got no idea what was it like getting into like had you played music before that's what i was about to say i am the most unmusical person in the (laughs) world like never grew up like playing anything my parents my mum tries to claim that she loves music but i don't even remember there being a stereo in our house like yeah right which is hilarious and she probably owns (laughs) 10 cds you know so i don't know i've got no idea like i guess i owe everything that i've done i haven't done whatever i owe my musical ability which is zero to those <laughs> surf movies because yeah right i guess i just loved it that much that i was like yep well really actually it was seeing toe to toe and i told scott that like that seeing that show changed my whole life it's it's yeah. i can literally narrow it down to that band like they were punk but they were heavier and i just loved everything about it like i don't know i've never got into something as much as hardcore i guess yeah and that was 20 years ago yeah, and I'm crazy. still here. Like, I woke right. up at five thirty this morning, all excited because we were playing tonight. We just came from a show. Yeah, that it's we insane. Both <laughs> it's fucking weird, man. Like, I think I've got problems, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, how how did that how did that then like develop for you? Like, was that something you know playing in restraint and stuff? Like, did you then 
like how did that change from your life being yeah growing up in Maroubra to then well it got a, a bit weird because then I started to not hang out with my mates as much yeah <clears throat> and then like I still remember I was like I think we were down the snow and I was with Ricky mm-hmm. and then my other friends were like oh go hang with restraint and we're like making fun of me or something so it did get weird but as they got older they got more into like going to nightclubs and shit yeah and i sort of tried to still hang out with them and do it but and i I was drinking and stuff at that stage so like i was still you know i was still kind of doing it we'd go out and i'd never like dance or any of that shit but we'd still go out that was the thing though that's when i started to get into trouble and do dumb shit when we're drinking and Mm. i'd I don't know. I'm not really one of those addictive personalities. Like, I do a bunch of shit and I don't need to do it every second of my life. But at that point in my life with drinking, like, it was really not a good fit for me. Yeah. And I found myself getting into a bit of trouble, so... So, was that what sort of pushed you yeah. towards straight edge and Yeah, stuff? yeah. So, that's the thing. Like, I've been straight edge for 14 years now. Mm. But prior to that, I did every fucking drug there was you know which so i think i've done it the right way yeah like i know drinking's not for me i know i don't need to take drugs you know so i don't know like i but i mean so so basically the the way the reason i frame i ask that question is because a lot of people that i've talked to sort of found strategy as a way not to avoid it but as like a relief from outside pressure or outside things mm. like i would say a lot of people that i know that are straight edge or at least that i've spoken to on this have not uh, you know found it because of having issues themselves yeah it I was agree. outside stuff yeah 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 I, I reckon i'm the sort of the minority there in, in yeah. that i've it's yeah it's very personal for me i guess like my dad drank quite a bit as well and I saw things that sort of happened to him that I didn't want to really be involved in and yeah yeah it's like I'm stoked that the thing for me like some people go straight edge because all their friends do so they're peer pressured that way Mm. but for me I was like imagine a kid from Maroubra that is straight edge and doesn't eat meat yeah like (laughs) seriously I'm only now when I'm 34 and my friends saying you're a legend I wish I could do it because yeah. for the last 10 years before that was like how the fuck are you not drinking Ooh, you're a fucking you know yeah so it was kind of hard but the other thing too like I guess the more and more I got into hardcore the less I sort of saw of them I'd see them during the day but then at night time I'd be going to a show you know mm. and so did you did you move into you know Newtown or that area of Sydney no I never lived there no yeah. I always lived at the beach yeah. yeah but you just went in there for yeah yeah like I worked with Graham for a little bit at Resist but I guess I just still did that from home mm. um, yeah I would just go in for the shows it's not far man it's 10 yeah. minutes or 20 traffic sucks but <laughs> yeah I never lived in I could never live in those areas yeah fucking <laughs> I guess the food and stuff's alright but that's not <laughs> me I'd rather be on the beach you know yeah for sure Mm. Um, so I guess like musically then how did things sort of progress for you mm. from playing in Restraint yeah. like how did that well develop? Restraint I think got a little bit better as we kept going mm-hmm. but we still didn't get very good mm-hmm. and then Dave started to like um, touring with us and doing merch Yeah. and then we're talking about doing well actually I wasn't in it they were, they were talking about doing a band for Dave because he was like hardcore as hardcore like he 
knew all the new American bands and right. was right into it and he would mosh to us and mm-hmm. so it made sense and then the guy that was meant to play bass almost killed us <laughs> in a car accident right good uh, was he driving yeah he was driving so he obviously got kicked out of that band <laughs> and I'd never played an instrument had no idea how to fucking do it and I, I just ended up somehow playing bass yeah right which was pretty funny because I literally couldn't even hit the strings with the, my pick <laughs> and that was I think I got a little bit better as time went on but yeah. that went for three years and it just kept going like I just loved touring and it was all fun and I guess through restraint we met all the contacts everywhere so it was all quite easy for us to you know I guess I was booking us and we were it was pretty easy to do whatever we wanted and I think that was just at a time when Australian hardcore sort of started to like take off a little bit around 2005 you know yeah it was a pretty cool time to be playing shows and it was all kind of not new but bands were a lot better than they had been I think anyway like other than toe to toe mind snare like a lot of the earlier bands they'd like play one show every four months and you know Mm. bands started to really get a bit more serious around that time well that that's kind of like when I sort of started getting involved with it too in terms of like I mean I've been playing metal since I was a kid but then I got into it through friends and school and work and stuff like that and that was sort of right when I started playing in bands and going to shows and things like that in Canberra too and I mean a big thing for me particularly was that um, well like hardcore bands would go to Canberra mm. like whereas like metal shows I'd have to catch the bus to Sydney yeah, to go right. to like you know a big venue and I was underage whereas in Canberra it was at a pub that I could sneak into you, you know. were you at the uh, American Nightmare Canberra show no it but was insane I've heard <laughs> <laughs> I don't I just remembered that that was like the best show of the tour and it was I've never seen like it looked like someone was getting killed while mm. they were playing Four Dead played. Yeah, he like smashed shit on his yeah, face. As he did. Yeah. Where's he? He lives in Chicago. Hi, John, if you're listening. Yeah, right. What's he do? Hi, John. What's he do? <laughs> Last I heard, he was a masseuse. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> so, good. If John, if that's incorrect, I apologize. <laughs> if it's not, it's awesome. Yeah, good job. Um, but yeah, so like when you were starting touring and stuff like that, was that a byproduct of playing or was that part of for work you mean working with resistant yeah. things um i'm not even sure how that came about i think um shit i literally can't remember graham saying hey can you do this for money like it, <laughs> it's sort of just can you do this for me <laughs> yeah no, like maybe there was a resist tour around that time the yeah. last nerve and parkway did all of it and last nerve did like three quarters of it mm-hmm. and i think because i was there maybe graham was like can you just collect the money at the end of the night maybe yeah and then i think it just happened from there then i started to do a bit more stuff with parkway then i think graz started to like shit see i I, i'm so bad but he used to do every tour Mm. and then he obviously got to the point where he couldn't do that and then i guess i started doing it i can't really remember when though but yeah and that's when it became a job and like i was telling you before that's when it, it, it sort of 
that's when like a passion becomes a job sometimes not a, is a great thing you know yeah yeah because i'd find when i'd go back to playing in my bands i wasn't enjoying it as much and if we toured i was probably miserable to be around because i felt like i was working mm. and that sucked it and then graham started touring like not weirder bands but bands i wasn't necessarily into like as bad as it sounds at least if it's a band you love like it, you're psyched to do it yeah but then when it's a band you've never heard of it's like oh god what am i doing you know yeah, yeah. oh i get to go to brisbane again <laughs> like you know what i mean like yeah. it just became so repetitive and mm. it really sort of blew it for me that, and i think that's a thing that's like definitely common amongst like the people we are friends with is that like it's really hard when you either don't figure something out for yourself while you're doing music mm. or you put all your eggs in yeah you know, just riffing forever yeah you know like, like for the people that are our age that are still touring as in working for a band yeah I don't know how they do it yeah and unless you're in the band and making good money mm. I just can't see how you live like <laughs> you're not getting paid much you're essentially someone's servant you know i did yeah. black sabbath the other week yep i sat i'm gonna say it who listens to this i don't I'm know surely not sure. black sabbath's management <laughs> go and say it we'll cut it out if it's too bad i sat in catering all day long yeah did one run yeah 25 dollars an hour which isn't good money but 25 bucks an hour to eat food all day mm. from 6 a.m to 2 a.m that's what I did. And, and these people, like, why was I there? You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. And that's... I mean, I, I've had similar stuff, though, too. Back when, you know... I mean, it's not that long ago, but I guess, you know, a couple of years ago before I found the footing in the work that I have now, I still thought, like, oh, I exist will make money. <laughs> like, you know, now, in hindsight, that's, like, absolutely mm. ridiculous to think that... <laughs> six drunk fuckheads can make a living off playing stoner rock riffs but like at the time I was like I'll do that and then you know I, I did driving for bands and things like that too and I remember doing stuff as well like going and I won't say who the band is but like driving a band down to the SB in St Kilda and sitting in the car park for the whole day just waiting and then going inside getting some food having some drinks that I could have and then the show finished and I took the singer to go get a prostitute and it was like well that's yeah that, that's is a, this a living day at work <laughs> is, this, is this what I do forever yeah. until the band gets that's what popular? I mean like the do like, I just can't I don't know some people must just really love it but for me unless it was my band you know and I'm making good money yeah and even then like I know friends in bands that they don't even enjoy it you know it's just their job Mm. and that sucks really yeah like I'm sure they don't uh, I don't know like <laughs> they don't love it put it that well you know what I mean yeah like, yeah you could be playing a tw- if you play oh I don't know I mean okay so, <laughs> I so put, it, say. put it this way so we just the pair of us just played a show right and I, I played guitar for a band I'm not even in yeah but I came to Adelaide to do that and I had fun yeah and now I'm sitting in a park next to a fucking <laughs> with, public with toilet. With the moon blaring <laughs> on us. But this is... I'm fine with this. Yeah. Because I like doing Yeah, this. that's right. You know? And, like, maybe it sucks that I'm not playing in a fucking stadium in Europe or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, 
I know I'm going to go home tomorrow and my girlfriend will be there and we'll be yeah, mad. That's and right. then, like, that's the way to do it. Like, you just need to keep it fun, you know? Yeah. Like, we're going to do some stuff this year and it'll be just like weekend here. Yeah. Done, you know? Well, okay, let, let's talk about that. Good segue. You're in a band now. I am. You have been in for a while. Oh, God. But has been. Yeah. Had a, had a patchy start. Oh, the patchiest. So the band's called Level. Yep. And what was the impetus for starting such a band? Because so, you had a long time off. Yeah, on, yeah. So I, I worked this out the other day too. No Apologies broke up in 2008. Yep. And I said, that's it for me. I've mm-hmm. done a band now. I can just be normal. Because <laughs> um, we did quite a bit. Like, yeah, you it did. wasn't a full-time band, but we were, it took up my life, put it that way. You know what I mean? And you released a great record. Mm, it was... Oh, I, don't want, I don't know. It's, I'll tell I'm you that I like it a lot. I like it too. If it was recorded a bit better, I'd like it even more. But <laughs> anyway. And then, then I was working for Resist full-time from my home though. Yeah. Just doing booking bands, managing bands, you know. Mm. Um, then I moved to Melbourne and Blackout... I ended up playing with Blackout yep. for a year just because I was looking after them and they didn't have a bass player and Pete joined. Mm-hmm. So that was 2010. So I, I, I don't know how, but I even actually, I think I was playing in Jigsy's band. So I kind of never really got too much of a break, unfortunately. Yeah. You just flowed <laughs> but, through. But yeah, anyway, I moved, I moved to Adelaide in 2011. And yeah, I didn't do anything for that year. That was my year <laughs> off. But then Weber moved back here, 2012. Yeah, and we were like, let's do a band. That's how fucking long two thousand four years ago. Yeah, it's so crazy. Mm. So it's been four years, pretty much. But basically, it was just me and Weber wanted to do a band that sort of the whole idea was that sounded and had the ethics of the bands we grew up listening to. Yeah, like we were a straight edge band when we started. We're not anymore because it's just too hard. <laughs> we planned on sounding heaps like Earth Crisis, but we don't at all and that that was pretty much the beginnings mm. and it's just been a fucking <laughs> the hardest band i've ever been in to do anything <laughs> it's been Be- because real hard of, because of what because, because of being he goes adults? away yeah, no because he not that at all i reckon because he would go on tour all the time with parkway so like i was telling you we'd play a show and get an okay response and then we released a demo and like kids started getting into it and then we wouldn't play again for eight months yeah or like and that was seriously it we've had breaks one year we played one show yeah i think 2014 we played one show was so it, I exist maybe yeah <laughs> it's just been dumb like it's just been really all the things you should do if you want to be in a band don't do that <laughs> and it just took a long time we did a demo Marcel he left then we got Lockie then it's just it's just been hard work but we just said fuck it we're not playing again we're writing a 7 inch we wrote the 7 inch oh I don't even know how long ago that was now yeah and finally we're about to release it well not even in 3 or 4 months we can release it (laughs) but there's there's something yeah and so part of that release is our great friend Graham Nixon yeah I'm stoked I obviously probably wouldn't do it on any other label so yeah I'm glad he was down to do it pretty much just told him he was doing it <laughs> but I don't want to sound like a dick but it's it's good like you know what I mean like I wouldn't ask him to do it if I didn't think it was good yeah it's just going to be a matter of us playing so that 
people hear us you know yeah like tonight again like we can't keep playing without people knowing our songs because you just played a room looking at you but yeah i think the the seven inch <coughs> is a good enough quality to sort of match it with whatever else is going on and mm-hmm. live with uh tommy d and liam on bass it's um we and if we can just tighten up a little bit like well, i'm sure it was fine but i'm always bad critic well, but i mean it's one of those things and i think a lot of this and surely you as much as anyone knows this because you've toured a lot and done stuff but all that stuff comes from fucking touring yeah that's it comes right from playing yeah that's you know? right it's all it you doesn't, can do you can practice as much as you want yeah. when no one knows yeah, your songs hell yeah but as, so, as soon as yeah. you're playing in front of people yeah you really gotta you and know like, when you're doing some something some of wrong. the best bands aren't that tight because yeah. they're going they're having a good time and so is the crowd you know what I mean well, it's I all mean, about the vibe really I mean I would say I would argue that 70% of I Exist shows <laughs> they're disastrous mistakes <laughs> yeah but everyone's having a good time yeah. well I mean and, and I think that's that's the thing that like another thing that I've sort of realised and I think I've been fortunate in the fact that I found those guys to be in a band with is that they're fine with us just having fun yeah well it's gotta be fun you know <laughs> and like and and, and again, like, that's why I came here this weekend is because, like, I really love Brett and Yells and I love that I helped create Outright because mm. no matter what people think of the band or think of the songs, I'm happy that I helped a friend of mine do something that she wanted to do. Yeah, hell yeah. And I feel, like, proud of that. And so whenever they're like, can you come play a show? I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, because sick. why the fuck not yeah hell yeah I spent a couple hours with them fucking talking my ass off they probably hate me now but like oh, on the way over yeah. but I'm here fuck I, that I got drive. a couple free beers and sick you know played some guitar you know like hell it's hell yeah but it, I mean it, and that's one of the that's one of the things that I you know was interested in talking to you about as well is how um you know legitimate adulthood I suppose things like marriage and having a kid and things like that Mm. have influenced or affected how you feel about hardcore and straight edge and all those Mm. things like has that been something that's for me and I think again I might be the minority like I haven't changed like I still I love hardcore and I love straight edge because I acknowledge what they've shaped who I am you know without them I wouldn't have met my wife so I wouldn't have my son you know what I mean and that's one thing that really really pisses me off the people that were into hardcore (coughs) or were straight edge and then they just talk shit on it and it's like how dumb are you like those formative years of your sort of teens or whatever they shaped the person you were you know so whatever you think of it now you you shouldn't discredit it but for me like other than obviously being a bit busier and with responsibilities it hasn't changed me at all like I still I check out every new record I'm at most shows yeah you know it, it, I, again I think I'm the <laughs> minority and I may have some mental issues but <laughs> well but but that's a weird thing for me too is that I'm noticing not that I've not you know I'm sure there's shows that I miss like I'm not at every show in Melbourne or whatever but I mean that being said there's a zillion of them going on Mm. but like 
I mean, I think for me, it's... I've just sort of, at this point, separated how I exist into two areas in the sense that, like, during the daytime, I do this stuff so that I could make money. But the result of me having that money is hanging out with people and literally every person I'm close friends with mm. I met because of my stupid fucking band. Yeah. Aside yeah. from, like, two people. Yeah. And one of those two people is the singer in my band who I went to school with. Oh, Other no than shit. that, yeah. everyone I'm friends with I met because yeah. of playing shows. Yeah, well, that's it, man. Like, and that's the thing. And people, like... Oh, no, I won't say that. But <laughs> people... Oh, it, that's one thing that really frustrates I don't think people actually understand how special it is you know what I mean like yeah. I think one of my best friends it lives in America I met him through hardcore you know and like we're in each other's bride what are they called groomsmen in each other's yeah, weddings yeah. and like, that's real adult friendship that isn't oh hardcore for life bro that, that's an actual friend you know yeah and it's it's. I've got friends everywhere because of hardcore I could yeah. go to any city in the world pretty much and you know what I mean it's not and figure something out yeah it's just insane like well and, and that, that's been that's always been a big thing for me too and it, particularly with like my family mm. has been how I can pretty much I could safely go to like well at least all the major cities in Australia for example mm. And I've got a good friend there. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. not just uh, someone I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, someone I would happily spend a whole yeah. day with. Yeah, yeah. And hang out with them. And I would happily have them come to yeah. my house and do the same thing. And then, you know, things like... As well, like, it, it's really... It, it's weird. I was talking about it today. It's really weird how... So, like, a year and a half ago, I went to America. And I booked a trip to America by myself, thinking... I'd never been overseas by myself. I've been with my family or with friends or whatever. I booked a trip to America by myself and I thought, like, this will be cool. I'll get to go do shit by myself. And I literally spent every day with people I knew. Yeah. And it was like, at, in one sense, that's weird because I totally didn't do what I set out to do. But in the other sense, it's like, that's fucking awesome that I've met people because of playing ripping off I had God's songs like <laughs> I think that's like I how think I, like how I hung out you know the style of music and then I guess if you delve deeper into it it attracts a certain kind of person you know and I guess like you might have never ever met someone but you already share common ground through that stuff you know what yeah. I mean like we probably have very, very separate favourite bands like if you named yeah. your top five and mine probably none of them would be the same but we're still in this ballpark you know what I mean yeah yeah so I and think I, that's I, what it is and I would say something as well that sort of transcends a lot of stuff that I think is quite important that a lot of people don't focus on is like so you and me come from totally different backgrounds totally mm. different places mm. mindsets but we met just through playing shows and mm. stuff and I have stayed in touch with you mm through for the last I don't know five or six years or whatever mm. when we met when yeah. I exist first started like but for that reason this is fucking sick yeah that now I can is, sit yeah. in a stupid fucking park <laughs> sick park <laughs> leaning against a, it leaning against a public toilet apart from being at home with my wife and son this is sick <laughs> <laughs> but you know like like that's 
other people don't have this. Yeah, that's right. No, hell no. And that's the thing. That's why other people, I don't know, I won't say their lives are shit because they work a shit job they don't like and they go out with people they're not even friends with and get fucked up and yeah. go back home to their life of shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, people, it's different. I guess that's what, like, footy clubs and shit attract. Like, yeah, people that don't have that common ground with people and they go, footy. <laughs> fucking look at me new Hilux you know like I, I guess that's something similar but but so uh, that's another thing that I mean I that's sort of I guess by part of being a part of growing up in like a surfing culture and then yeah. as well for a time you were a tradesman mm. how like how did that blend in with the life <laughs> that you led that's yeah. ultimately very weird yeah. from that yeah well like I said I had always caught a lot of shit from my friends like you don't drink and you know obviously stopped going out with them a lot but yeah. there was still like things that I was at mm. and like people just could not believe it you know like it was just unheard <laughs> of it was like yeah. I was a fucking alien yeah and then like the whole well the <clears throat> the my apprenticeship was a bit different though because I did it with Ricky like my best friend yeah and he was into hardcore, so he's already covered in tattoos. But we worked for another friend of ours and his dad. Mm-hmm. So that was all right. And, like, it wasn't the way I've worked on construction sites and stuff here, which is but just was, another was it world. weird for you relocating and then being that kind of person in yeah. a different city? Well, we went through Melbourne. So I had a year in Melbourne where I was just working from home. Yeah. So I didn't really have much to do with anyone there. Like people would see me at shows and be like, "Oh, did you travel?" I'm like, oh, "I live here." You know. <laughs> All right, like, I've I think, still been getting that. Yeah. I've been yeah. Like, like Nigel and Matt from Mindsnare. Like, I'd see them. I'd be at every Mindsnare show, and they like they'd always like, "Oh, you're here." I'm like, "I fucking live here. <laughs> <laughs> live over the hill from the art house." Yeah. I think just because like, not to be rude, but everyone like i'm at that type of age i'm not out to make new friends or yeah try and hang out with people that you know i think i pretty much did my own thing the whole year i lived in melbourne my friend jed from byron was living in melbourne too so i think i just hung out with him yeah so i don't know and obviously my wife was working so i tried to sort of keep the home front happening and mm. when she was at home i'd just hang out with her you know yeah but uh, and uh, like i think I think a, a big thing for me with doing this podcast, at least, and talking to people, like, it's 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 quite different. I mean, and I guess, you know, people who listen to this probably notice that, like, quite a lot of the the people that I talk to are involved with the hardcore scene because that's where I, I guess, my adulthood has sort of grown mm. from. But, like, a big thing out of that it, that really interests me is how people sort of grew up you know, and how being a part of this weird, at least in Australia, it's a, it's a small subculture. Yeah, definitely. Like it's not something that everyone's a part of. It's getting bigger, mm. you know, every year it is. But then at the same time, like it's... Amity and those bands are getting bigger. Then, yeah. But then <laughs> but the, they're the not, hardcore they're not the we're playing is getting smaller <laughs> yeah. at yeah. the moment anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. But like, I mean, at the same time, like... Uh, I always sort of value it very highly though as well because and I've said this before and both my sisters listen to this and I love them dearly but like I have so many fucking friends just because of playing music Mm. and like not only playing music but playing like 
really dumb weird yeah. music that a lot of people don't get yeah but like it's really shaped me as a person yeah in the I, sense that like I, I don't I think without a lot of things I've learnt from doing this a lot of like the life lessons but then as well things like I feel like I'm far more like socially intelligent because of having from touring from I touring think. and relationships that you build well, with well I reckon right bands that don't tour overseas <clears throat> or people that don't tour overseas don't understand what they're a part of if that makes sense like I've yeah. toured Europe and America New Zealand I guess doesn't really count but New Zealand <laughs> <coughs> and it's the same shit everywhere you go yeah. it's the same bands it's the same ideals it's just you know and and, and you mean you're a part of something bigger than just playing some shit song like it really is like a crazy thing it, it's hard to even explain how cool it is like that's why I don't know I'm gonna uh, there's bands from here that have broken up now and yeah. they're all gone you know mm. and it's because they sort of just put their toe in and go oh yeah I kind of like this and then they don't really do much or they think they may have like, oh we went to Melbourne eight times that's yeah. nothing like once you've once you see what you're a part of and go overseas, I think it changes people. And the people that have done it, I know they say, oh, lifers or whatever, but it really, you can pick them, you know? Like, and yeah. the people that just kind of put their toe in and go, oh, yeah, maybe I'll go do a shoegaze band now. Yeah. You know, like, it, it does... Unless... I think unless you've travelled and seen what you're a part of, maybe that's why people just seem to come and go a little bit more. Mm. But dudes but, like Mind Snare, they're still, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, a big thing for me with them, and, like, they definitely don't think it or understand it, but, like, maybe they do. Maybe they just don't say they do. Sorry, Gordy. But, um, you know, like, a big thing for me is, like, Mind Snare are, like, crazy important to me. Yeah. Like, they're a huge part of who I am. Mm-hmm by way of shows I've played people yeah. I've met things I've done the influence they've had on me playing music yeah hell yeah and like I love the fact that I know those guys and I have their phone numbers <laughs> like that's cool to me yeah but that wouldn't exist without this weird stupid thing yeah you know? like it's, it's crazy man and it's it, and yeah like I mean as you said like like going overseas and like I've only done like two sort of tours overseas but then just going overseas and traveling by myself as a byproduct of that experience and seeing those people and and going to those shows and doing that stuff I I really feel has developed me Mm. as a person Mm. oh definitely and I I learnt more touring than I've learnt doing anything else easily easily. yeah like and like uh, school didn't teach me anything (laughs) (laughs) and like I mean a a big thing for me as well is like my mum's not a part of music really and not a part of hardcore or whatever obviously but I think my mum told me like you know as young as I can remember when I was sort of thinking about you know becoming an adult my mum went overseas when she was 17 and travelled and she said to me when I was a kid she was like you know you can go to uni you can do whatever you want but if you go overseas you're going to learn heaps of shit Mm. because you'll learn 
people Hell don't yeah. speak the same language this person yeah. does this in this country this is how yeah. this happens traveling like, is the best thing ever i wish i kind of wish i did more now because i'm broke and have a kid <laughs> but i've just got a job for an airline again so i, I feel as though i'm about impressive. to start yeah hitting it up again hopefully soon but but is that is that something do you think as a father this would be something that you would try and foster in your son like traveling or hardcore all of it well he came to his first show today (laughs) i saw he's three years old and he fully loved it yeah he was bopping along he didn't want to go yeah when the next band started playing he said no i want to watch them (laughs) so i don't know he may love it and we put stuff on at home and he dances around like trust me there's a lot worse things he could get into like i would be more concerned if he was going to nightclubs and yeah like the kind of dickheads that go to those places that you know get drunk and go to the gym all week and then try and fight each other or whatever happens at least like hardcore people like the kids at hardcore shows i swear would have to be some of the nicest like most well educated two kids like i think maybe especially tonight with some of the bands like there's i guess yeah a couple of bands obviously actually have songs that have meanings and (laughs) you know which isn't always the case with hardcore but correct i think it's just everyone involved has their mind opened even if they don't agree with things they've at least heard them you know what i mean like i don't agree with everything i hear and i think some things are getting a bit crazy Mm. maybe a bit over the top pc sure but that's for me yeah to think that's my opinion but but, that, but that's another thing as well that that's another thing about learning opinions so say you know a direct example is me playing in outright right you mm-hmm. know like yells has a lot of opinions and that's this is the way Which she shares good. those things and that's fantastic yeah. and the thing for me is i couldn't pinpoint anything i don't agree with but it, I don't know if I do or don't agree with everything she's saying. Yeah. But I'm happy to help that my she, friend yeah, hell do yeah. that. Well, that I know? think it's better to have an opinion than, you know, than to not have one at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, if you, it doesn't matter if you have say your opinion over the microphone or don't say it to anyone. Mm. It, it's good to have one. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. what's cool about Weber, you know, he's vegan, but, like, he actually backs it up, you know? Yeah. Um, he's working towards it. Yeah, like, he does shit you know like i mean i don't want to say too much but he's involved <laughs> weber you know yeah. which is awesome because if you're going to believe in something you know whether or not someone else you don't have everyone to agree the same way you do or think the same way you do but at least if you're portraying your ideals they can listen to it and go no <laughs> yeah yeah exactly they can make a decision and that's what hardcore is I reckon yeah. but yeah I just think there's a few oh whatever that's my thing <laughs> things are getting a bit full on that's alright mate we're, we're look because you know it, when you come back to it it's hardcore punk right mm. I remember even Nigel saying this years ago like you should go to a show if someone smashes a bottle on your head mm. too bad it was a punk rock show you know yeah To not to that extent but you know you can't get it's an experience that you're a part of yeah like if things get crazy things get crazy you know it's still it's meant to be a little bit wild you know and that's definitely shows here aren't wild but (laughs) you know what I mean like no bottles got smashed no yeah so what what's 
what have you got coming up? What are things that you would like to? What 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 would be a thing a that plug, you would advertise? Yeah, plug something. <laughs> well, on. our record gets announced. When wait, when are you putting this up? After your record gets. Okay. Announced. Well, the record <laughs> got announced last Monday, <laughs> which is cool because it's been a long time coming, mm-hmm. and we're still today on Saturday night trying to get everything together to make that announcement happen which so, so when you I see that announcement yeah well i hope you saw it a lot of work i hope you saw that announcement because <laughs> poor Lockie's currently at home editing shit to make it happen mm-hmm. but yeah now we've got a seven inch coming out it's going to come out august 12th and yeah. we're going to play in every city of australia no we're not at all <laughs> we're not going to perth we're not going to brisbane you're not going so to <laughs> Oh, shit. Every... No, major city. We're not doing that either. We're, I think we're just going to... You know, we'll do what we can. Melbourne, Sydney, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and we're going to try and do... As, yeah, as much as we can to... You know, like I said, I think the record's pretty good. It's been a long time coming. It's been a lot of hard work. So, I'd like some fun to begin sometime soon. <laughs> It'd just be cool for people to know the music and just beat the shit out of each other, really, is yeah. what I'm looking for. That's the aim. That's the plan. And I'm not even fussed if they do it violently. You, Softly I'm, beat the Just shit let out that go time. out there. You can, at a level show, it's safe to beat the shit out of each other. There and then go. at the end, everyone smiles, though. And you're all mates. And if there's any fights, you got to fight me first. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can fight who you wanted to fight. But you won't be able to because you'd be unconscious. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all that shit. No one's fighting. Just fucking go off and have fun. Don't carry on about it. If yeah. you get hit, move out of the way. Yeah, that's it. Actually, I hate people that mosh when I just want to watch a band, though. So don't hit me. Even you, ton- even tonight, I had to move. I was like, come on, man. You're conflicted by I'm your I'm so ideals. conflicted. <laughs> like I said, I'm not mentally there. There's one dude moshing and he hit me. Like, it's like, fuck. It always happens to me. <laughs> It's one person. Yeah, and it'll hit me. It's like, man, I just wanted to watch. <laughs> Guess I'm standing on the wall for the rest of the set. Oh, God. Oh, well. Well, thank you for doing this with me. That's all right. Thanks for having me It's in been the a park. lovely evening. Yeah. No one's even hassled us. No, it's been surprising. Hmm. We're leaning against the public toilet. Mm, we're definitely sitting in peace. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, mate. Thank you.